0: Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iron. When I'm not doing this, I'm running with NFL and Fantasy Football for SportingNews.com. Check out the site. We'll get you caught up here on the NFL offseason. Anything you missed, we'll have all the news and things that you need to get there. Well, we're doing that here on Locked On Fantasy Football as well. We're talking about the latest news and notes from... Around the NFL, we did all of the AFC teams, all 16, the latest coming out of them in alphabetical order yesterday. We'll do the same here with the NFC on today's show. So we got you covered, all 32 teams, latest catching you up to speed, the things that you need to know for fantasy football in your advanced scouting process here in 2020. Once you know what's happening in June, it helps you make better decisions in August when it comes to draft time, that's for sure. So Let's dive right into it here with the NFC. And uh, we'll start with the Arizona Cardinals. And uh, this is a team that has a big transition to wide receiver. DeAndre Hopkins, we talked about him in the ADP report. Well, he was going well higher than his ranking right behind Michael Thomas. Well, the biggest reason is he thinks he's going to have a more productive year away from uh, Bill O'Brien, the Texans, and Sean Watson. A little bit surprising. He's pretty darn good. But he's the clear go-to guy for Kyler Murray here, and Murray's going to certainly get on the same page with him and really feed him in high volume. It's going to be a high-volume passing game to begin with. And the other thing behind him is that uh, the Cardinals didn't draft a receiver, so they're looking at trying to get more of these young guys behind Larry Fitzgerald and Christian Kirk. Andy Isabella looks like the leading candidate to be out there in four receiver sets as they go shotgun spread a lot with what they do. They have David Johnson as well, so... You have to be careful To Hopkins again. David Johnson is like an extra wide receiver, but I think it's not going to be Johnson and Isabella maybe dominating as much. I think it cuts in more Johnson. I think Hopkins, however, is going to take advantage that Larry Fitzgerald's fading. He's more of a possession receiver. Christian Kirk has some injury issues, big play guy, so it may not be as reliable. But I think he's going to look to Hopkins. A lot of things to get Hopkins open. Spreading the field is certainly going to avoid those double teams as well. Hopkins is such a smooth route runner with good hands all over the field that Murray's going to trust him. Keep in mind that Murray didn't explode with the receivers that he had last year. Part of it is that Isabella wasn't healthy. Hakeem Butler wasn't healthy. Keyshawn Johnson helped a little bit as a rookie, but not that much. And Fitzgerald getting a little older, slowing down more possession type. And Kirk uh, having some inconsistency as well, as he he had a little bit better chemistry with Josh Rosen, weirdly enough. So Hopkins, again, uh, pointing up here. Isabella looks like the best bet to be that number four receiver, and we'll see if uh, Butler and Johnson are expendable here because of Hopkins' arrival in Arizona. The next team we'll talk about is the Atlanta Falcons. Todd Gurley passed his physical, so he's good to go. So. I think he can give you RB2 numbers. I don't want to get too excited. He was a bit touchdown dependent last year. He's getting a little older, has the history of injuries. This is not the greatest Atlanta offensive line and a running game in general, and Dirk Cutter's offense simply doesn't allow for a lot of that. He could have some backs cutting kind his of work, but again, Gurley's a touchdown scorer. This team's going to have some points. Gurley being a bit undervalued, but still could be more of a solid RB2 than an RB3. I just wouldn't push him up to RB1 value at this point. At a tight end, there's an interesting development as well. Austin Hooper's out. I think Hayden Hurst, again, mentioned this in our tight end ADP report. I think Hurst is being forgotten a little bit. He's stepping into a role that was very productive in a fantasy tight end one last year. And Hooper, and Hooper is stepping in a situation with David and Joku, where he's splitting the work there in two tight end sets. Well, Hurst is the main man here. Remember, he's a first-round pick from South Carolina, so... The Ravens had high expectations for him. The thing is, they just had Mark Andrews. So Hurst was easy to be traded for and a good recovery by the Falcons to add Hurst. Well, the biggest news is Hurst has been really working well with Matt Ryan. And Matt Ryan has loved him. Remember, Matt Ryan talked to Boston Hooper in a very similar way. Hurst really working with Matt Ryan to get on the same page. He doesn't have to do that with Julio Jones or Calvin Ridley. But Hurst going above and beyond before training camp... That's an excellent development here for fantasy football. So we're going to watch that carefully. But stash away Hayden Hurst having a nice rebound and living up to his expectations here if he can stay healthy, which has been an issue as well in Baltimore. The next team we'll talk about here is the Carolina Panthers. And uh, Christian McCaffrey, we'll see what his touches are like. But uh, they're going to manage it carefully. I think he could still see a significant workload. He was able to handle it. They just want to be careful that they don't overwork him after being so involved last year. But I don't see a big enough drop-off where he's not going to be the number one target in fantasy football. In all drafts, he's still going to be the workhorse, be special, do everything. What you see is what you get. With Christian McCaffrey is the best running back in the game. Now, wide receiver Curtis Samuel, remember the rumors about uh, trading him? Especially with Robbie Anderson in the mix with DJ Moore? Well, now... They're talking him up, Joe Brady, as uh, being critical to the offense, getting the ball to him all over the field. So what this means is it's going to be a pretty even split between D.J. Moore, Curtis Samuel, and Robbie Anderson in terms of 11 personnel and uh, targets and looks. D.J. Moore is still clearly the number one, but Samuel can't be totally forgotten here. I don't think he has as much value. I think he cuts in more to Robbie Anderson's value a little bit because Anderson is a really big play-dependent guy. Samuel's might be... After the catcher, Ben and Moore is more higher floor with the consistency there. But Curtis Samuel certainly having some plans, and that could boost Teddy Bridgewater's value here. When you add up McCaffrey, Moore, Anderson, Samuel, Ian Thomas, a tight end, Teddy Bridgewater kind of being an afterthought as a QB2, but certainly all these weapons and uh, Joe Brady, who had the big year produced there for Joe Burrow at LSU last year, you can't totally sleep on this passing game, and this defense is also going to stink. Keep that in mind. That was the other part of it is that. They figured to have a lot of growing pains without Luke Kuechly. A lot of other issues. So there could be a high-volume passing game here that could force the Panthers to throw the ball often. And having Samuel Anderson, McCaffrey, again, and to complement more here, that's a lot of weaponry for Teddy Bridgewater that we're going to watch. Going to the Chicago Bears, they still have a quarterback question. It looks like it's going to be an even battle between Nick Foles and Mitchell Trubisky. They're going to get equal first-team reps in training camp, so we'll see how that goes. We're kind of rooting for Foles because he's going to help get the ball downfield to guys like uh, Allen Robinson and Anthony Miller. So let's hope uh, it's Foles. Again, Trubisky's just been too shaky as a quarterback. We'd rather go with Foles even though there's some unfamiliarity with those receivers. Tyreek Cohen thinks he can be a bigger factor as well. Again, with Anthony Miller maybe having a regular role, Cohen could be more of the slot guy. David Montgomery getting his chances to be the runner here but Cohen is still going to be a big part of this offense he's working on his conditioning a little bit more felt like it lost him a little bit and didn't get him the same effectiveness there last year so Cohen look for him to be a big part of this offense especially Foles getting the ball to him I think uh, Montgomery that still gives you pause about uh, trusting David Montgomery as an RB2 here in 2020 especially if uh They have more slot options and go in that direction where Cohen is more used in the backfield in a more traditional change of pace role there with Montgomery. For the Dallas Cowboys, we knew the big news there was that Ezekiel Elliott tested positive for COVID-19. Asymptomatic, so no real concerns there about him being on the shelf for long term. I think he'll recover from this. It did give the league a little bit of pause about, okay, are we coming back too aggressively? But... Again, Elliot should be fine. We know that all good to go. Dak Prescott should be fine. Signed, seal delivered soon as well. The deadline is the middle of July for that franchise tag extension here. It's going to come. We know that teams wait as long as possible. The deadline Dak is also waiting to see potentially a Patrick Mahomes or Deshaun Watson might see some action on a new contract as well. So, you know, it's worth it to last it long. Looks like he's at least going to be the second highest paid quarterback in the game, uh, Whenever he signs a deal, I think at some point it's going to be Mahomes and Watson 1 2 ahead of Dak in terms of a guaranteed money and average annual salary ahead of a Russell Wilson here in 2020. Finally, the last team we'll talk about in the segment is the Detroit Lions. And uh, more evidence that they're going to be more of a wide, three wide receiver set team. Danny Amendola coming back with uh, Marvin Jones in a contract year, and Kenny Galladay looking for a big payday. But TJ Hawkinson, the tight end they're really high on, the first-round pick from Iowa, still dealing with the ankle injury. So still some concerns how healthy Hawkinson can be here. And uh, we'll definitely monitor that here in uh, 2020. But he might not be ready for week one if he's still recovering. So Hawkinson pumped the brakes. He was still being taken correctly as a low-end tight end, too, here. Good pedigree here, but looks like he's headed to the early part of his career like Hayden Hurst was as a first-round pick for the Ravens. So, disappointing there, but Hawkinson has immense talent. So, if he can get out there healthy, they want to run the ball better, so he's a good blocker and all that sense. So, that also hurts in that sense if he's not uh, out there helping. So, individual value, running game value, certainly tied to Hawkinson's health here in 2020. So, there you have a look at uh, six NFC teams, their latest news and notes. Now, uh, we will dive into the other 10 teams here before it's all said and done in the show. But first I got to tell you more about built bar. I just can't say enough about how good built bars are. They're the tastiest protein bar I've ever had protein bar that tastes like a candy bar bars that are covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew. They melt in your mouth. They're just so good. None of that after aftertaste or chalkiness that you have experienced with other protein bars It's just a great treat. It's just simply fun to eat, and it's good for you as well. There's 16 amazing basic flavors, 8 chocolate nut flavors, 8 chocolate nut-free flavors. They have some very interesting fruit flavors as well. Banana, orange, uh, mango, raspberry, all kinds of good stuff, as well as the traditional flavors there, salted caramel, uh, peanut butter, and uh, mint brownie is a good one as well. Just think about... uh, How healthy this is for you 15 grams of protein in one bar only 110 calories 4 grams sugar 5 grams net carbs that's what you get in built bars low calorie low sugar high protein high fiber as well which is great if you're health conscious you lose or maintain that weight and still indulge in a very delicious treat that's going to power you through your day and give you the energy you need it's very easy to get in a built bar once you get your first box you want to get more this is how you get your first box. Go to builtbar.com. Use promo code lockdown. And you get ten dollars off your first order. Again, that's uh, builtbar.com. Ten dollars off by putting promo code locked on there. We'll be right back in a moment to uh, break down the next wave of NFC teams and their latest news and notes. Alright, uh, let's uh, continue the show uh, We'll pick up where we left off We uh, got through a couple teams In the NFC North, it's time to now Turn to the Green Bay Packers They're up on the list Aaron Jones looking for a contract extension He's in the last year his deal We'll see how that plays out Again, He's being drafted a little lower Because of the touchdown regression And receiving regression here that people expect Naturally on this team But again Aaron Jones uh, still the lead back in Green Bay. Aaron Jones is a big compliment to Aaron Rodgers. He says he's ready to play through his 40s here. He feels a little bit rejuvenated here this offseason, which is great. I think he could have a big bounce back season as a QB1. And they didn't express uh, a lot of receiving help. We know that. It was very shocking that Devin Funches was their only pickup here to help Devontae Adams. with Alan Lazard, Marquez valdez scantling but Jay Sternberger clearly locked in as the top receiving tight end, learned well from Jimmy Graham, admitted that, took him under his wing. So Sternberger could be ready to explode here and really be that number two receiver and a great stashed sleeper tight end. We mentioned TJ Hawkinson early as a fading tight end two flyer. I think Sternberger is a little bit underrated as that. I think he could really emerge and be a big factor in this offense because they always want to get the tight involved is going back to Jermichael Finley and those type of players. Sometimes they just don't have the option. Jared Cook was a bit of a disappointment. J- Jimmy Graham certainly was that. But Sternberger is a young receiver. Built kind of like a wideout can be really helpful for the Packers. The next team we'll talk about is the uh, Los Angeles Rams. They've got a battle there at... Uh, running back here, Daryl Henderson recovering from an ankle injury, so that could slow him down versus the rookie Cam Akers from Florida State. I think Akers had a lot of production left on the table behind a shaky offensive line there, so we'll see how he does here, but he's to the f- favorite to be the lead back here in Los Angeles as a rookie to replace Todd Gurley. Henderson might need some time to catch some speed. He's a good speed back. Could be the change of pace. Malcolm Brown might be your swing backup. He's the most valuable backup. Beyond Gurley, Sean McVeigh is talking all three of these guys up, so it could be anywhere from Acres getting 15 to 20 touches consistently in game to a full-blown committee here for the Rams. Their offensive line is still pretty good. They have the two tight ends that can help. So, again, uh, the Rams backfield, much interest, but right now Akers has to be the guy going as the potential RB2 in this mix. The next team we'll talk about is the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, Dalvin Cook looking for a new contract. He's threatening to hold out here if he doesn't get that $13 million a season. Special back, finally stayed healthy and produced last year. Did have some injury issues, a little bit, but highly productive, the lifeblood of this offense. He knows that they're going to be even more reliant, run heavy on him. It's a good formula for their success, got them to the playoffs last year, made Kirk Cousins a very efficient quarterback. So Dalvin Cook looking for a big deal. We'll see if that uh, holdout prolongs anything of significance here in camp. Again, it's not a holdout until camp starts and he's not there. Justin Jefferson, uh, the rookie wide receiver, how does he replace Stefan Diggs? Well, he could see a lot of work in the slot, which means Adam Thielen is going to be playing on the outside. Looks like Ola B.C. or B.C. Johnson playing on the outside quite a bit. They lost LeCron Treadwell, well, intentionally. So they're just mixing up receiving core, but it looks like uh, Johnson is going to go more on the outside with Thielen, and Thielen being more consistent, needed on the outside to help Cousins, But that could help Justin Jefferson and get some more favorable matchups as a rookie, stretch the field, and make some big plays after a monster season with Joe Burrow at LSU. The next team we'll talk about, the New Orleans Saints. The big question mark there is Alvin Kamara, healthy as well. He was not healthy at all last year and still tried to produce at a high level. He played through knee, ankle, and back injuries, was the report. So that's uh, incredible that Calvin Kamara was still out of the field as much as he was. He did miss some time, but I think he's in for a big bounce-back season. It wasn't just the touchdown regression that hurt Kamara's value, it was the injuries. So he played through it. I think he comes back, bounces back, and uh, comes back really strong here in uh, 2020. And uh, again, he's a bit undervalued, and that's why he's uh, kind of going in uh, the ADP They're higher than uh, where he's ranked, and I think he's a guy that is going to keep getting higher and higher. His price is going to be harder to uh, navigate as we get uh, closer and closer to August and when you're actually drafting players. Our final team we'll talk about in this segment, the New York Giants. uh, Looking at uh, Daniel Jones, he's working on ball security, trying to spread the ball a little little bit better. To that end, he's got a good set of three receivers, Darius Slayton, Golden Tate, and Sterling Shepard. Evan Ingram on the way. Recovery looks like he could also help being healthy. Only played half a season last year. So, good array of weapons. Trying to just protect the ball on the front end so you can take advantage of these good weapons on the back end in this Jason Garrett offense with Joe Judge here in 2020. Looks like you might have a new center, Spencer Pulley. Pretty decent offensive line. They invested a little bit more in that in Andrew Thomas. So, should be. Upgraded here. Poly can win that job and hold it down with uh, Nate Solder still here in the mix. And uh, Hernandez. So, pretty good offensive line in the mix here for the Giants. It's going to help Jones as well. And uh, Saquon Barkley. Now, Aldrich Rosas, if you're relying on a kicker, he was actually pretty productive last year. Unfortunately, hit and run incident allegedly there. Uh, Charge there. So, we're going to see. I think the Giants could cut ties with him. We know they've had an ugly time with uh, quarter or kickers in the past. So... They could easily make that pivot away from Aldrich Rosas here. He's a restricted free agent looking for a new deal potentially. So again, the Giants could be in the market for a new kicker after having some good kicker production there in 2020. So there you have a look at now uh, 11 teams in the NFC. Five more teams to talk about before we close the show. But before we get into that, I have an important message to give you, the Locked On Podcast Network stands against racism and social injustice. That's why we, the hosts, are making personal donations to local national organizations that are fighting for change. And in the month of June, Locked On is matching the total of all host donations up to an additional $10,000. To make your own donation along with us, please visit lockdownpodcast.com slash Black Lives Matter. We'll be right back here to close the show, starting with the Philadelphia Eagles and Going through the Washington Redskins. All right, uh, we got through a couple NFC East teams. We'll start with one here in our final segment and end with our last one here. We'll go to the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, Doug Peterson had a presser last week. He talked about Alshon Jeffrey. No timetable for his return. That uh, Liz Frank injury is uh, pretty tricky here with the foot. So we'll see uh, when Jeffrey can return it's it's a tough one to have that injury, and he's getting a little older, not as easily to recover. So, again, uh, Alshon Jeffrey uh, getting uh, just a little bit of vote of confidence that he's on the right track but not fully recovered. Deshaun Jackson looks like he's fully healthy. He was up to speed before the hamstring, and then eventually sports hernia really hurt Deshaun Jackson late in the season, kept him out of action in his 30s. He's not 33 years old. They also have Jalen Rieger, who's not quite ready to be the Z receiver, who's a speed deep deep threat. So Jackson right now might be their healthiest and uh, most seasoned reliable option here as they try to stretch the field and have more consistent wide receiver play for Carson Wentz. So keep that in mind. Deshaun Jackson may be undervalued. Alshon Jeffrey being overrated, as well as uh, Rieger, who's not quite ready for a big role sounds like it, and uh, might need some time to also be settled in the slot as well to replace Nelson Aguilar. Brandon Brooks, that's a big blow as well for the Eagles, losing their right guard to a torn Achilles. So that's a big blow because they don't really have a good replacement for him on the roster, so we'll see what they do. But uh, Jason Peters, uh, potential return. I don't think he's a candidate to play guard, but uh, Andre Dillard, who struggled as a rookie last year replacing him, they only have to replace Brooks. Halepetit Baitai is gone as well, so again, this offensive line not going to be the same cohesive unit we've seen in the past. At least they have Jason Kelsey and Lane Johnson returning center at right tackle, respectively, to help, but still could be a little bit of issues there. The 49ers are dealing with a big injury issue. Debo Samuel, unfortunately, has, has broken his left foot. He's expecting to miss three to four months. At the same time, Brian and Ayuk having a little bit uh, better news, the first round pick from Arizona state, he's recovering from core muscle surgery here. So Ayuk might need to step into a bigger role very fast. When you look at three to four months, it puts Samuel in uncertain times here to start the regular season healthy. So, so Samuel, that certainly is a question mark. He is a quick, fast receiver where the foot injury is very important. So, Uh, We'll see if he can cut and uh, be right for this offense. But Ayuk certainly gets a bump here. George Kittle gets a bump here as he looks for a new contract. But again, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, this passing game, really relied on Samuel. He could have been the MVP of uh, Super Bowl 54. That's how good he was in the game, getting the ball in his hand. So this is a big blow, certainly. Uh, Samuel, he paused. I think you can still look at him more as a wide receiver three anyway because of the volume. But again, it gives you a little bit of pause that he may not be fully healthy. And this is not the easiest injury to return from foot. We've uh, seen it keep a lot of receivers out longer than usual. So something to monitor bump Ayuk up, bump Kittle up, bump Debo down a little bit in this offense, and uh, Jimmy Garoppolo a little down as well on the QB2 rankings. The next team we'll talk about staying in the NFC West, the Seattle Seahawks. Still the Chris Carson backfield. They added Carl Side. But he admitted that Chris Carson still the man. Carson looks like he's going to be fully healthy come week one. Had a big year last year. Rashad Penny may not be healthy for week one either. So Carlos Side was a contingency more for that. So Chris Carson's still looking like the lead back. Being a little overdrafted potentially as an RB1. But as a high-end RB2, Chris Carson still fits the bill here in 2020. We turn to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They announced that 12 personnel will be their base. That means a lot of Robert Gronkowski and O.J. Howard on the field with Chris Godwin. And Mike Evans, that also means Scotty Miller and uh, Tyler Johnson. Miller, that young receiver they like. And Johnson, the rookie from Minnesota, probably in lesser roles here as those are going to be the four receivers out. Gives them some blocking receiving versatility in this offense as they also try to improve their running game, try to get downfield plays, which Gronk and Howard can provide with Godwin Evans. So they can still do the no-risk it, no-biscuit. Version, but also with a short to intermediate twist to help Tom Brady here, in 2020. It looks like the perfect blend of offenses for Bruce Arians, Byron Leftwich, and Clyde Christensen to help Brady get the most, but keep the maintain the downfield big play ability that they had last year stretching the field with James Winston and doing that with tight end and wide receiver. It's a bonus. So big year potentially for Tom Brady. Maybe solid uh, tight end one rebound year coming back for Robin Gronkowski. Final team we'll talk about here. Washington Redskins, as we look at their latest news and notes, Terry McLaurin, uh, Ron Rivera compared him to D.J. Moore. That's great because McLaurin is locked in here as a wide receiver one, potentially still being undervalued, possibly because of the Dwayne Haskins, Kyle Allen issue at quarterback where McLaurin did a lot of his damage with Case Keenum, the veteran presence last year. So Terry McLaurin, uh, again, wide receiver one. He's just an awesome dude. Scary Terry, Formula One, McLaren, whatever you want to call him. He's just a special player, and I think he's going to be the clear go-to guy. The Redskins sort out their other receivers. The running game could be a question mark. Their defense is in transition. McLaurin is going to get a high volume and really produce here. Also, great downfield passing game with uh, Scott Turner to really better take advantage of McLaurin's talents than uh, Jay Gruen was able to or Bill Callan was able to. And finally with the Redskins, they also want to mix in Antonio Gibson the rookie from Memphis with J.D. McKissick, Steven Sims. So they're going to work in somebody like Christian McCaffrey in that game. So Gibson looks like a hybrid of Samuel and McCaffrey in this Turner offense here to complement McLaurin. He's looking like maybe the potential number two receiver here ahead of uh, uh, Kelvin Harmon, who they drafted last year as well out of NC State. But McLaurin locked in as the number one receiver that I don't think you should sleep on regardless of who's quarterback here in 2020 for the Redskins. He's just that talented, and uh, that's what sometimes uh, you have to look at most here in fantasy football. So there you have it. There's a look at uh, all the latest news and notes from all 16 NFC teams here. Thanks so much for listening, and that wraps up this edition of Locked on Fantasy Football. Now tell your smart speaker to play the most recent episode of Locked on NFL Draft. Have a great day, and see you on our next show.